searchlight. A24. Always you wrestle inside me. This is Talking Terry, the Terrence Malick podcast. And I am your host, Paul Beer. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Um, we had a little bit of a uh, uh, hiatus for the, uh, the holidays. I hope yours was uh, was good. I hope it was a happy, healthy um, Christmas season, New Year's. And I hope that uh, you all rushed out to go see A Hidden Life. Except I know that you didn't because <laughs> A Hidden Life is uh, not doing great. Um, which we'll talk about in just a minute, but um, wanted to let you know that we have a follow-up conversation with the um, the fantastic uh, Becky Johnson, who um, came back in to talk about uh, seeing um, uh, Days of Heaven on the big screen in 35 millimeter here in Toronto. So uh, we had a we had a, a, a freewheeling conversation about that that also touched on such things as. Um, the Mandalorian, uh, assigned seating. Um, uh, we really, uh, the, the Golden Globes, we went all over the place. So, um, would certainly recommend, uh, listening to that. And, um, let me just start off by saying that, um, the Golden Globes were last night. I did not watch it. Um, I saw that, uh, 1917, um, um, one for best drama, Hidden Life, obviously not not even nominated. Um, there's an interesting test case here. So, a Hidden Life is currently in its fourth week of release, I believe, and it is not doing great. Now, there might be reasons for this. Some of those reasons are, um, uh, first of all, you know, it's a three-hour um, movie about challenging subject matter without any real big stars. Uh, so let's, uh, first get that out of the way. That is sort of the, the main, <laughs> the main thing potentially holding it back, but some things do succeed. Well-reviewed movies like Parasite, for example, which is now sitting at 23, almost $24 million. Now, again, this is not, I don't pretend to be an expert in any of this kind of stuff. This is not like a, a box office prediction show. Um, but, you know, even something like Dark Waters, the, um, Todd Haynes, um, Mark Ruffalo movie, we're looking at almost $11 million for, for that. These are like independent, smaller movies, um, that are succeeding out there. And why isn't A Hidden Life? Well, we may have an idea, uh, because of who now owns this movie and who now owns uh, 21st Century Fox and who owns Fox Searchlight, which is the uh, sort of independent um, arm of uh, Fox that is now all owned by Disney. So um, Matt uh, Matt Zolderzeitz, and uh, excuse me if I'm mispronouncing that, Matt Zolderzeitz, who's a fantastic uh, critic writer about, um, uh, film and, uh, programmer and, uh, uh, major Malik Malik had has written about in vulture has written about, um, Disney's handling of the 
Fox Library now that they own it, and they are treating it like they have treated their own titles, which is with sort of an iron fist and um, the use of a vault, essentially. Uh, so rep theaters, repertory theaters, places like the Royal, um, the Review, places like that, who here in Toronto, who um, maybe counted on some screenings of movies like Die Hard, um, uh, Aliens, that sort of thing, things that reliably brought people out to the to the to the theaters um, that were Fox properties are now being told they cannot show them. They're now having bookings canceled. Um, and, uh, they're being sort of squired away. Now, I, again, I would absolutely recommend reading, um, uh, his piece in Vulture about this well-researched and very kind of scary, um, uh, piece about that, but he had a follow-up on Twitter. And, uh, again, I would absolutely recommend, uh, you following, uh, at Matt Zoller sites, uh, S E I T Z. <clears throat> Um, talking about A Hidden Life in particular, from what it sounds like, Disney is asking for really exorbitant conditions to show this movie. They are, uh, uh, you have to have a dedicated screen, so nothing else gets shown on that, on that screen. Um, you have to have more than, uh, one or two showings a day. In other words, they're treating it like it's Star Wars or Avengers or something like that. And that just isn't a reality for a movie like this. Um, some of these theaters that are maybe only a single screen can't really just dedicate themselves to um, showing one movie. Maybe they can... Uh, show you know a few different um, a few different things during the day that to, uh, to to bring in different audiences. Smaller independent theaters in in smaller cities certainly can't operate like this. Um, but Disney doesn't seem to care. They they want to show it. Um, they want to treat it as if it's one of these one of these properties. Now um, when Disney uh, opened up. Um, the um, uh, the checkbook to to buy this movie back in the 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 heady days of the Cannes Film Festival. It looked like you know this could be um, this could be something um, that this could be Disney using their money, their their incredible um, uh, their incredible success and wealth to uh, to lift things up. They seem to be kind of undercutting themselves now that the thing's actually out in out in the world. And to be honest, it didn't pick up a lot of awards buzz. Um so I'm they may it looks like they're um it looks like they're dumping it, which is too bad. A better example is Uncut Gems, which is which I incorrectly refer to as Uncut Jewels <laughs> later on uh in the conversation with Becky. But that is turning into an actual hit. Uh, now, let's keep something in mind. This is a movie that stars Adam Sandler, movie star. However, difficult, challenging movie by all sound, but it, it, it sounds like it's not exactly, you know, um, 
uh, Happy Gilmore. Uh, we're looking at almost $37 million, and it's in over uh, almost 3,000 theaters. Now, again, this is with a movie star. This is with Adam Sandler. But this is a small studio, A24, who's, who's distributing this. And I just think that they know how to play this game better than, than something like Disney. And they know how to expand slowly and build up word of mouth. And, um, yeah, I, so I, I think that they could absolutely learn something. How this affects Malik movies going forward, I don't know. I don't know um, uh, who is going to pick up um, uh, the, the, the next one, the one about, uh, about Jesus. However, you heard it here first. I'm going to, I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to say, we're looking at a Netflix movie for the next one. Now, why do I say this? Apparently Netflix was in the mix for a hidden life. Um, they seem to want to build relationships with filmmakers. They offer a film, a, a theater release, um, as we're seeing with things like marriage story and the Irishman. So if that is contingent, like if Malik says, you know, they have to be shown in theaters, they can do that. And, uh, they seem willing to, 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 to play the game or they, they seem willing to, um, to invest in relationships, relationships with filmmakers like that. And there's just going to be less pressure on that box office, um, return of, of a potentially, uh, you know, challenging movie. And also they seem to be doing a better job at getting these things in front of, awards uh consideration so that's that's something to think of so that's that's my prediction now uh that we're going to see the next terrence malick movie um is going to be in um uh it's going to be a netflix netflix film uh you heard it here first uh anyway please stay tuned for my conversation with the uh amazing becky johnson um improviser comedian actor who um uh we we yeah went to go see with our partners went to go see uh um the classic um remarkable um days of heaven i had never seen it on the big screen becky had never seen it on the big screen and uh, it was a wonderful experience and it was a wonderful experience at a theater the royal here in toronto that uh god yeah i hope um <laughs> i hope it can continue doing what it does uh, so support your local theater. We mentioned a couple of them. We mentioned the Paradise as well here in Toronto. But so yeah, so support your local uh, rep theater um, because uh, they need it, and that is where um, you know you get to have these these experiences that um, that they don't provide. Also follow Matt Solar Sites and just a shout out to uh, to uh, to Matt. Um, uh, thinking about him and his uh, and his family at this time. Um, and, uh, uh, hopefully we get to, get to, get to talk to him, um, uh, sometime. Uh, anyway, thank you again for listening and, uh, stay tuned for the conversation with Becky Johnson. Uh, you can see how long we've been going for. Oh, this is exciting. Well, hello. I'm, I'm, I'm joined again by Becky Johnson. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you. Um, Becky's fresh off of recording her first uh, stand-up comedy album. Yes. Thank you for helping me uh, videotape that. It was great. Mm -hmm. Thank um, you. Look I... for that in uh, bootleg uh, 
uh, <laughs> sections. Somewhere. I should clarify to everybody here that I I've never done stand up before. That's right. And so it was sort of it was okay. I I, I think it went very well. I, I think do. it went well too, uh, but it's yeah. It's going to be an interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's loose a, and it's a strange approach to what an album it's is. Loose. I think. Yeah, it's, it's jazzy. Yeah, it's jazz. Yeah. Let's let's uh, let's improvise. Yeah. Um, we also, uh, since last recording, we both um, with our partners went to go see Days of Heaven. Yeah, we went on a double date to Days of Heaven at the Royal here in Toronto. A great theater. It is a great theater, and as I mentioned to you that that day, I had never, I never seen a movie there before. And it's down the street from my house. Like it's, it couldn't be any closer. Did did Terry change her behaviors? I, it looks like it. He yeah. Drew you out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'll often walk by there, drive by there, and think I should go see that movie. Whatever's on the on the marquee. The marquee. Yeah. And I just never do. And uh, but now I'm I'm going to make more of a more of a point of of doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going to see you know. I don't know, gremlins or well, that's that's past now gremlins is past they might bring it back who knows i hope they do yeah so we saw this we've determined that the date was december the 11th yeah uh we we both lost a bet <laughs> we were both a week off about when when we when we believe this was yeah and uh what, what what was your uh so you would you had never seen it on the big screen i'd never seen it on the big screen yeah me neither what, what what was your uh, what was your takeaway or what was your reaction from having seen on the big screen in thirty five millimeter as well? Yeah, it's interesting. So, there are a couple things. Um, one, uh, the I felt like watching it at home on my on my um, TV that like I wanted the screen to be bigger, and I still had that feeling watching it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. So this was interesting to me um, that the frame just suggests so much more and uh that seems to just be in my experience of it a quality of this film right. so it always wants to be bigger than the screen in my mind anyway i don't know how you felt about that i i felt the same way when when you right after, right after the movie ended you you said mm-hmm. i just wish it was i still wish it was bigger I and i i felt the same way and you've seen terrence malick in imax uh yes did yeah. that screen feel big enough uh that that felt like the correct size of the screen <laughs> It was for uh, a voyage of time, yeah. But um, uh, yeah, it, I, I I had a, a similar experience, right? It's just as as great as it was, and when it when it first opens, when it uh, it starts up, and you get the the black and white images of uh, of the sort of cheers, of time. yeah, cheers, intro, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> cheers intro. Uh, and uh, it's it was exciting to 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 see because we, you know we we both watched it at home separately but recently like fairly recently yeah. right you watched before and uh it was it was interesting to rewatch it again that soon after um on a different sort of canvas like that yeah I, I have a question that i probably just should know the answer to but how big are movie screens and do they they oh, vary in gr- size that's a great question i think yeah they do they do vary because i've been to theaters that are smaller so the screen must be smaller right i i don't know how that how that compares to the, how the Royal compares to other... Like, what would be the biggest screen that's not an IMAX? Like, the Cineplex? They're bigger. Yeah, I, I think it I think it varies. Like, I think there's there's one... There are bigger theaters and bigger... Um, Sound, bigger experience. Yeah. Um, I, I, should, I should know this. I know that, like, uh, 
if you go, uh, well, you're, you're, you're going to be in LA, uh, but there's yeah. like the, the, the Cinerama Dome has a huge, has a huge screen. Oh, I'll make a point the, of seeing the, the biggest. The Arclight in, uh, in LA. And, um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a bigger, uh, a bigger room, um, would potentially yield an even bigger screen. Now we're, we're just now going to be hunting around for the biggest <laughs> screen. I've been to, I've been to some cineplexes. Anyway, I, it just, I, I'd be interested to see days of heaven over and over again and constantly larger screens and see, see if that feeling persists right. because that was there. Yeah. To always wanting it to be, to be bigger and bigger. Um, and the other thing is, um, the 35 millimeter question. So it's romantic to watch something in 35 millimeter, but I think I've come around to the fact that it's not better. Right. Yeah. It's fun. And, and actually I guess that's not true. There's other movies I've watched in 35 where those, those grainy qualities I really liked, but this Mm -hmm. wasn't one of them. Right. Yeah. Um, like I saw one of my favorite films, True Stories, mm-hmm. in thirty-five millimeter, and that felt like a religious experience to me. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know what the difference is. I think I don't know what it is, but certainly in in Days of Heaven, you can feel the loss of quality that the print gives you. Right. Yeah. That grain isn't part of what this movie wants. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. wants to be crisp and clear and. You know, the the movie that's made on 35 millimeter is not what ends up on the print. It's right. not the vision right. necessarily. Mm-hmm. And that seemed very clear with this film. Yeah. I mean, I think that like um, uh, Quinn Tarantino and uh, Christopher Nolan are going to be busting through this window right now and grabbing uh, <laughs> because they're, they're, they're big supporters of that, of, of like the, of the film. But, but are they I big supporters of the 35 millimeter print or shooting on 35? Oh, that, that, that's a good question. It's the print that I'm talking about right. because yeah. um, nobody finishes on film anymore. They're mm-hmm. still doing digital correction. They're right. just shooting on film. Right. I yeah. think. I, I think you're right. I mean, you can go see now um, certain movies will be released on 35 or 70 millimeter or whatever. But uh, like Once Upon, a, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was and those... Um, like on film? On film, yeah. yeah. And, but uh, limited. But limited. And you're also seeing a brand new print like that. So it was shot on film. It was printed on film. You're seeing it... <laughs> You're seeing it brand. You're seeing it brand new, and uh, it's it's you know pristine. Whereas I I don't know how old this print of of um, Days of Heaven is. It looked good. Yeah. Like it looked the colors looked. But you, you can know, see the film. Correct. But you can see the the like it's 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 like a it's like a living thing. Like it gets worn out and it gets scratched and there's weird pops and and that kind of thing. And as you said, it's romantic, and it's closer to watching the it's almost more from like a historical thing it's like this is closer to watching what the movie was but there exists you know like a beautiful uh pristine copy of this that you can just watch at home you know or get projected presumably um and there's a lot more inconsistency with 35 millimeter projection like i'm sure that once upon time in hollywood it's like well the places where it was released to are places with they can check and guarantee it's meticulous you know um Last night, I saw a movie at the Paradise in Toronto called, the movie's called Last Night. Last Night, the Don McKellar movie. Yeah, and it was remastered in 4K. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did that look? Well, I'd never seen it before, mm-hmm. so I didn't have anything to compare to, but it looked good, and there was a talkback 
afterwards with Don McKellar and uh, Norm Wilner from Now Magazine. And uh, there was a lot of talk about the restoration being Mm -hmm. good and that Norm said, like, when he'd seen it originally, there was, like, it was dark. Or not, maybe not originally, maybe in a subsequent viewing. It was, like, it was very dim and hard to see. And they had done some sort of process on the negative for last night. Mm -hmm. Um, And that somehow, I don't know, it created some inconsistencies in the print. Or it depended on where you, what projection you were, what projector you were using. There are all these sort of variables that I think... I don't understand why filmmakers would want that. I don't think they do. I don't do. think they do. Yeah. But it was a huge part of 35 millimeter prints. Anyway, in this movie, I was like, I was like, I could just see this clean. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I don't so need there... to see hairs on this beautiful <laughs> landscape. I, a, a few years ago, I went to go see um, Heat at uh, TIFF, oh, yeah. the Michael Mann movie. And um, there's since been like a 4K restoration of that. But when I, this is maybe four or five years ago when I went to go see it, the right at the beginning, they put up a, a, a thing that said, this is being shown in its original format. Like it's in, in 35 millimeter in its original format. And of course it being TIFF, there was a little round of applause for, for that, for that like notice on the screen. And then the movie started and it was just scratched to shit. And then you could hear everyone being like, Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a give and take. I mean, I'm sure that there's somebody who's going to explain that you can never replicate the 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 clarity or the the you know fidelity. Like this is what it actually you know it's it's um, shot on 35 millimeter, printed on 30. Like this is no, the way it's supposed it to be seen. But yeah, it's it that's uh, presuming like perfect conditions, and it, if it if it degrades, as you said, and well, and, and it just, and like being played messes heavy. it up. It just yeah. does. That's part of it. It wears it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wears. So, um, that being said, did you notice things that you did not notice before? Yes, but they were definitely audio. things. <laughs> <laughs> now I brought this up before where at home I couldn't figure out what volume to listen to this. at, right. And it was very clear that I had missed details. Mm-hmm. Now, the music is very loud yes. when you watch it in the theater. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I can hear this dialogue now. <laughs> I had adjusted down for the loudness of the music. Right, yes. And because yeah. um, I guess it's supposed to be big and swelling. But, you know, when you're watching it at home, you're like, oh, the neighbors can just hear this. Yeah, I, I don't need to have this, this Endless this loud. melodramatic right. <laughs> sound. Um, so, yeah, I did catch more details of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More more of the dialogue that had like Because we, we, we did talk about this. The, the, la- the last time we talked and we're like, I think you're just not supposed to understand uh, some of that dialogue. Like when, when we watch it at home, you're like, I think you're just supposed to. Because there is it. a line because there, there is stuff like at the beginning when you watch that scene where he kills someone who I didn't realize he'd killed also. Right. Um, you don't hear that. You right. don't hear yeah, it in that's the all, That's all drowned out so by there, the sound of there the is a line foundry and, or whatever. And figuring out where to place that line in your home. <laughs> Especially right off the gate. You're like, is this how it's going to be? For the whole movie, like, yeah. Is you it turn it, this you turn it up a bunch when there's in this foundry. You're like, no, no, I can't hear any of that. Right. So you're like, okay, no, turn it down. This is a movie where you just sort of watch people talk from far away. <laughs> there's loud stuff happening. Right. Yeah. So things like um, knowing how rich he was and that mm-hmm. he was dying. That he was dying. Yeah. <laughs> Very kind of important <laughs> plot point. And in, uh, but also when you think about it, this was made in 
What year? 70, 78, 77, 78. This is the only Turnspelling podcast, and I don't know when this movie came out. It's this. It's a late 70s. It's like yeah. Badlands was 76? Is it yeah. 78? Like, they were very close, 74 right? 74 and 76, or maybe, Something. Yeah. Um, but this idea of watching it in your home right. and having to deal with that. It was not. That's not how it worked. Not a consideration. Yeah. yeah. And I think that this is, again, somebody who knows more about the technical aspects is going to be tearing their hair out listening to this. But this was shot. Or this this was, it had a Dolby stereo. I think it's pronounced doubly. Doubly. A doubly stereo. I say it in Spinal Tap. I stole that joke. <laughs> um, release uh, or like soundtrack, which I think was pretty um, um, high tech at the time. Um, but it's 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 kind of limited in terms of what you can, in terms of the separation of dialogue and and sound and that kind of thing. That being said, it was to 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 have it be that loud and and uh, in sort of enveloping is was great. Like it was a great experience. Yeah, and I don't, I think I don't want to be in charge of those decisions. Right. Like the volume to listen to stuff at. You you want to be like just told that this is this, this is, is the vision. This is what I wanted you to experience. I mean, right. if it's too loud to be comfortable, I'll leave. But also, yeah, it is nice to be enveloped and mm-hmm. and television must be mixed differently. Yes, I don't know anything about this, but it right. must be. Well, also, your even a nice TV will have um, uh, little tiny speakers. Especially now, we have the the thin TV. Sorry, like the the, the razor thin. TVs like those speakers can only be so so large. But they're um, good, aren't they? I think they're a lot better than they used to be, but um, right. it doesn't compare to you know being in a being in a theater. There's also, I mean, I, I think the I think the Royal is certified. Uh, it's like a Dolby certified room. Oh Cause, yeah, because people like mix movies there. Yeah, they have all this padding on the walls that's for that. Yeah, and the, and there was a there was like a sound board that was covered up that's like in the in the the back of the theater because um, so i i do think that people maybe don mckeller i don't know uh mix <laughs> like mix movies there um yeah they at do the, at, at the royal it would be weird to have that big mixing board in the middle not, of the room and not, not and not use it for that purpose yeah everybody's yeah. got to sort of figure out a financial <laughs> viability <laughs> plan for their second run theater these days right Speaking of which, this is completely off topic. How was that? Was this the first time you've been to the Paradise? Yes. Yeah, I've, I, I haven't seen anything there yet. How was it? Ooh, it's a very different experience. It's, um, I don't want to say too fancy, but I do, f- it did feel that. A little too fancy? I got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's very, uh, our mutual friend Dan Byrne described yeah. it as um, feeling like a mirage. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's in, uh, a more up-and-coming neighborhood every day in Toronto, right, Bloor, yeah. Bloor Court. Bloor Court, yeah. Which, I don't know, maybe that brings out our Canadian accents in a major way. I can't <laughs> tell. It feels like it would. It does, yeah. That blue, seems like a blue, real blue. Mi- a, 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 a minefield of yeah, Bloor Court for Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, you know, it, it it's not scuzzy anymore. But, like, this is extremely slick. And right. the concession, instead of, like, a concession space, there's... There's like a, a ovoid, okay, sort of bar, right, with the bartenders in the middle, and I didn't know that's where I could go to order popcorn, which comes in sort of like perfect little sealed white bags, and really? a small portion by Cineplex standards. Right, yeah, you're used to the the vast. I think it's cheap, probably better, but well, I don't know about that actually. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, quite slick. And, um, I will say assigned seating. Mm. That is nice. I don't like it. You don't like it. Mm-mm. No. Talk to me. Why? Um, I don't what, know. What, what if you're sitting next to somebody who you're like, I don't like this person. When you, I, I, if, if you, if you have assigned you seating, you don't get to choose. You can still sit next to someone you don't like. That's what I mean. If you have assigned seating and you're like, somebody sits down and you're like, I don't like the vibe here. This person's brought in lots of little tiny strange snacks. For me, I think, I don't know. I'm just used to a theater being like you show up early to get a good seat. Yeah. So now it can happen. Well, first of all, we got there early and had to sit in like the second row, which <laughs> just sucked. Yeah. So it's very selfishly. I don't like that. Right. And what can happen is now people can buy seats in like the middle of the theater mm-hmm. and show up late. Right. And then and get the primo seat and bother everyone. Right. And then, that didn't yeah. happen. Right. Well, I don't know. I was in the second row. I don't know what was going on behind me. <laughs> but this was a surprise. and That's true. I had never, I had never thought of that because we, we live in the age of some places have, like you go see an IMAX movie, that's all assigned seating. Yeah, I've been to the VIP the once. VIP as well. Yeah. Um, but that's weird. Those are like easy, easy chairs. What are they called? Yeah. They're too comfortable, I find. Yeah, with like plates and people are just eating. And... Yeah, I don't. I, I think that they've gone too far with that, and they don't have the kind of setup to justify. There's like table service. Yeah, where you're like you're sitting next to somebody, and they get like a prime rib, like you know, like they get like a prime rib sandwich, or like you know, something that involves cutlery. You're like this making doesn't the mistake seem right. of buying nachos in the VIP. <laughs> It's like, yeah, why is this an option? <laughs> like, here I am now eating these, feeling like an asshole. And I just, right, if like, it's an option. Yeah. See, I guess that's an argument of like, do you want the nanny state or not? And like, right. yeah, don't don't give me the option to eat nachos in a movie. Everyone's going to hate me. This is horrible. <laughs> I hate me. Why did I do this? But they've always had nachos. Really? In theater, in movie theaters. But really? They, they, but they were those, <laughs> breaking news. What? No, but they, but they, they were those crappy, like, plastic trays. That would have like a thing of nacho. You can you could just order crunchy food. Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, I, I I used to get it all the time back before I valued my my health at all. But I I remember Pat Thornton used to have a joke about it. Um, oh. This is going way back. Great deep cuts. That he was um, Toronto he was comic high. Pat Tron- Thornton. Yeah, Toronto great. comic Pat Thornton was high going to the movie theaters and ordered the nachos and the and the and the. Concession person said, um, "Okay, cheese, cheese, or cheese nachos, or no, sorry, cheese, cheese, or cheese salsa." (laughs) And he said, "What? (laughs) Cheese, cheese, or cheese salsa? Meaning cheese, 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 or cheese salsa? Meaning there's two cups on the plastic tray. Do you want hot cheese in one and salsa in the other one, or cheese, cheese?" (laughs) Um, Yeah, that doesn't. uh, No, I wouldn't guess that. But uh, anything involving like cutlery, um, just cutlery in the VIP. I, no, there can't be. I think it all has to be like sandwich based, like things you can pick up. Like I don't think which you can get like a is, turkey dinner. But that's you know also I mean? gross. No, people I think can eat wings, which I guess you can pick up, but that's disgusting. It is disgusting. People wiping their dirty hands on the seat. Anyway, I, I have to assume so. We're not really talking about Terry anymore. We're not talking about Terry, but I will say, uh, when I was in Austin, uh, I went to a movie. I went to go see A Star Is Born at the. Alamo Draft House, and this is like a chain of movie theaters they have, and I think they have they have them in the in L.A. as well, um, where they've kind of like figured that out that they, 
because uh, at the VIP at Cineplex, you you have until like the trailer start or something like that to order. Okay. Whereas at the at the Alamo Draft House, you can order stuff. It's all licensed and they have food and stuff throughout the movie in a very kind of uh, uh, unobtrusive way. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, so it's um, uh, all the rows have like a uh, like a sort of a an aisle like in front of the rows that are that are lowered that are like sunken down, and um, you you have like a little piece of paper and you write what you want and you stick it in a thing and, and then like a, a person comes by they, like, and like crawl by plucks it yeah yeah someone <laughs> they don't crawl they kind of crouch by and they pluck it out and then uh, you know a minute later uh, another drink gets placed in front of you it's pretty great and then you pay on the way out you pay on the way out. So it's a bit like a comedy club where they come come near the end of the movie, and they're like thirty five dollars. They talk to you at the end of the movie. No, you pay on the way out. No, they come around. You pay somehow. That is like a comedy. club. It is like a comedy club. I don't want like, that. Yeah, that's. Bad. I like it. I that's guess, bad. but I guess by then you're drunk, so who cares? <laughs> right. Okay, so um, Alamo Draft House, thumbs up. Paradise, conditional thumbs up. Maybe too fancy. I liked it. It was just. The assigned seating threw me for a loop, and that's just a heads up to people. Just know that that's how it goes. I'm, I'm going to go see um, Uncut Jewels there in, a, in a few weeks. Gems. No, Uncut Jewels. Oh, it's a different one. It's a Richard the Richard Jewel. No, uh, it's the unedited Richard Jewel movie. Um, Uncut Gems. I'm going to go see see that. In people a few weeks. seem to like it. Yeah, you, you haven't seen it. No. Okay. As you said, people seem to like it. You wouldn't have said that if you had seen it. I no, I could. You, <laughs> It's like when you eat something, you're like, it's popular. People like, yeah. Yeah, people yeah. like it. Mm-hmm. I've had it. People like it. <laughs> Are you one of those people? No comment. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to let you know. I've given you the information I'm, gonna, I'm willing to give you. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, Days of Heaven. Wait, uh, was there – did you feel differently about the performances or anything like that, having seen it on a, on a, on a, bigger, on a bigger screen? Um, I liked Richard Gere less. Less? Yeah. But mm. I, I liked the movie – I, I still like the movie a lot. I know I've been saying more critical things right. from the second viewing. Um, it's still so wonderful to be immersed in. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's – and I think we talked about this before, the sort of authenticity of Linda Mance. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of lays waste to some acting next to it. That's a good point. Yeah. Like and, she's so naturalistic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we had talked about how, you know, like he – Richard Gere has sort of said that he was surprised by how little he was in the film and things like that. But I didn't want more of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, and one of the things I, I really liked is how much I, I cared about the female characters and mm-hmm. the men seemed to serve their stories right. in yeah. a way that was certainly unusual for the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot about Badlands that's like that too. Right. But I was like, yeah, I can see this sort of actor working. Yeah. And I don't like it. How about yeah. you? Um, I think that uh, I, I, I think I appreciated uh, Richard Gere more. Oh, fascinating! Because he, I, I, I see what you mean in terms of the acting, the the actor acting kind of aspect of it. Like he's doing kind of a voice, but so much of it is just him kind of reacting to things and being very still and just sort of still and handsome, you know what I mean? And just like looking off into, and, and, uh, 
watching her and watching Sam Shepard and and uh But given how much extra shooting they did, did he know the cameras were rolling? That's really <laughs> rude of me. Of course he did. He's a professional actor. He's a professional. He's um I mean, no no uh no slander to um, Richard Gere, but he's he's like a limited actor. Like he's uh he's kind of a uh, a movie star actor. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like he's he's very good at um, at being, you know, still and uh, <laughs> reacting to things on camera. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how much of a, how much of a range Richard, Richard Gere has. What's your favorite performance of his? God, that's a great question. Is it? Days of Heaven. The aforementioned Days of Heaven. Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Woman. Gigolo, oh. The Paul Schrader movie where he's kind of doing a similar kind of, he's kind of like a blank slate kind of thing. Like he's kind of like a handsome blank slate. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I haven't seen any, there's, there's a couple of movies where he dances. I don't think I've seen any of those movies. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a tango movie. I didn't what? see that. Yeah. Um, what, I'm trying to think of other, uh, I can't name that many of the movies he was in, but I know he's been in lots. Yeah. He's been in a ton of, he's been in a ton of movies. Last Tango in Paris. He was not in Last Tango <laughs> in Paris. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of actual dance. Well, there's dancing in that movie. Um, <laughs> Uh, there was one that came out a couple of years ago, uh, called Arbitrage. Did you ever see that movie? No. It's him and Britt Marling, who's, who was on, uh, the, the OA. OA. And, uh, it's about like high finance and, uh, uh, he's really good in it. Okay. Like, he's really, really good in it. Um, do you have feelings about the OA? We don't have to get into that. Uh, Did you see it? yeah, it made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> it made me think like culture these days is the challenge is to make a very compelling uh disappointment <laughs> like you have to make it a page turner above all else right and no concern about what's on the next page right i yeah. blame blame jj abrams for this yeah yeah lost yeah. lost was like that well yeah this is kind of the ex yeah the oa was kind of like the extreme version of that what's to this? a degree that i almost respect even though i really did not like that I show. couldn't I didn't watch the second season I, I think I, I, I also did not watch I watched like season. half an episode and was like no no I, I heard somebody describe um you know like with TV shows I can't believe we're talking about the OA um this, I, I feel like this crosses over with um ever listen to Jocelyn Getty's yeah podcast? I hate it but I love it they, yeah they often talk about it. the OA inspired it that's right. That's right. That that was like the genesis. Of, I, I think of, of Jocelyn podcast. a lot when I think of the OA. Because yeah, me too. Her opinions are very strong about it, and they're very, <laughs> very cogent. Um, but I, I I remember hearing somebody on a on another now referencing another podcast, The Watch. They said that oftentimes in TV they they sort of put the cart before the horse, where they're like, uh, okay, uh, we need to have. No, like no matter what the show is about, there's got to be um, like really relatable characters. We have to make it really clear. Like it's got to be like a like a case of the week that everyone has to do. And it kind of like sands the edges down of of shows. The example they use, like which uh, this is a show I never watched, but um, the The Walking Dead. Oh yeah, I've Dead. I've seen a lot of it actually. Yeah. So originally that was supposed to be that was developed for NBC to be on NBC. And it wasn't going to be as gory as it ended up being, obviously. But they were like, someone was like, wow, can we make it like uh, there's a zombie police officer and they have to solve like a zombie 
crimes every week. and Or like there's like a zombie. Um, but it was based on a comic unit. book. Yeah, yeah. But they, they want it to be like, we want to make this a show. Like we have to have like the zombie crime unit and the zombie police have to like. And they're like, what if somebody, there's a copy, it's a zombie partner, and like all this kind of stuff. What if he's got a zombie love interest? Right, yeah, exactly. And like maybe, yeah, so um, that's what I mean, putting the, the cart before the horse. It's like no matter what the concept is, like the OA is like there's just all cart, no horse. It's like <laughs> it doesn't need to be palatable at all. Like it's, but people it's almost, like it. People... It just makes you watch. It makes you keep watching it. Yes, even if it's completely incoherent. And They did that dance number. Anyway. Anyway, oh wait, check it out. But this is interesting, and I can loop it back to Days of Heaven. Please do. Because... So, because <laughs> we were supposed to be talking about this. I mean, and the listeners are waiting. Um, that I really thought about that that whole question of how much are we told. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to work and pay attention to watch this yes. in a way that's really gone away mm-hmm. from our storytelling. I, I agree, yeah. Like these details that I missed, I was like, oh, yeah. This reminds me how movies used to demand my attention and respect me more. Right. Yeah. I think. And and it doesn't it doesn't like goose it it's almost like a fable like when you watch it when you the or it's almost like like a biblical yeah. fable where it's like beware of this thing, you know, uh the the, the greed, right? In in this case or pretending to be someone you're not or taking, you know, lying the the sort of uh sin of of entering into this this sort of unholy um lie of a relationship in order to be like well, maybe this guy's gonna die soon and we're gonna you know we're gonna live in this house um it's it's small in that way like it's large in terms of scope and it's large in terms of like these are big things people die people get shot people get stabbed with a screwdriver or whatever happens to that, yeah. <laughs> that one guy um but it's small like it's sort of self-contained i, I feel like when you're talking about jj abrams i feel like th- we would find out that there that um somebody is related to the to the farmer you know what i mean like there would be an extra twist in there uh <laughs> it know, would be an would, incest story <laughs> or, <laughs> it would be like yeah like that, that man's actually my long lost father or something like that or like there would be some it's it's it 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 traces like it's almost like a short story kind of do you know what i mean like um that's told on this kind of um large canvas yeah this large um literally a large canvas although we both wish the canvas was was bigger um there, there were a couple of scenes like just in terms of the visuals that i've always of course appreciated that the movie for that but there's a couple of shots where i'm like wow this this is really considered and very i'm sure this is very difficult to make like there, there was just one quick shot where after richard gear comes back and the farmer is watching them and uh he has a oh no i, I think it's right before right before richard gear storms away for the first time where, right. where he's like you love you love him don't you there's just a shot of somebody exiting one of these barns and then off in the distance you can see just like dots of farm workers like off just off in the distance and you're like I, I guess I didn't have the appreciation like that's a really complicated thing to put to get like a, a shot to put together and it lasts for one second it's a shot of somebody walking out of a barn but you're like okay there's extras in the background the camera's got to be set up somewhere else 
And also that reinforces at that point in the movie, you know, the previous season, they were the ones out in the field. Yeah. Right? They were the ones, the, these tiny in the little house. dots off on the, on the horizon who are slaving away there. And now they have, and now they're, they've made it into the house. And um, those people are sort of completely backgrounded, you know, the, uh, whereas that was the, 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 the forefront or the foreground was the labor involved and the, how hard it looked and how shitty it was and how, and uh, uh, now suddenly those people are just dots on the, on the horizon. And, um, and yeah, I don't know if I, uh, if I noticed that or appreciated that watching it at home and suddenly I can sort of, my eye can wander a little bit and you're like, Oh yeah, there's people just busting their ass out there still. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think one of the things though, that like, and when I compare this to true stories, which is one that I saw uh, also at the Royal in 35 yeah. millimeter. And I was like, Oh, I've seen this. I've seen true stories so many times. And there were details I didn't pick up. In Days of Heaven, there are things like that, but also it's just the grandeur of like large sweeping colors a lot. Yeah. And it's better to watch big, but it's, you, there's, I didn't find as many places where I saw new things. Right. And that also means that Malik is really focused in mm -hmm. on what he wants you to see all the time. Yeah. I love the part on the water. It's my favorite when they kind of just get a boat. Right. Yes. Yeah. They, they, they trade the the car for the boat it's quite scary and actually that's a part where there's a weird shot where they're going down the water and there's like kind of like a flashlight yeah like you can see that it's a some source of some source of light that's sort of like scanning the. but it's 1916 and i don't know, <laughs> I don't know what that would i don't be. know what it is but it's very scary right and they're um, just sort of going by people around fires. Fires, and you're like, is that some sort of ritual that's going on there? What is that? Or just a bunch it's, of guys hanging out, and well, it's a different time. It's dark. Yeah. It's a darker time. Yeah, literally a darker time. Yeah, that's a good point. I had not. Yeah, well, and and even in the narration, she's like, we saw people with their tongues hanging out. Like we saw somebody like these kind of dark images that she's describing. Like when they're on the boat, she says something. She's like, yeah, these people were. I don't know. Waving for help, yeah, that's burying right. call, bodies. They, yeah, yeah, they were calling for help. Some of them, yeah. Maybe they were burying people. <laughs> what? Just the time, yeah. That's they're uh, they're on the. It's a more it was a more dangerous time, more sort of. Uh, I mean, that's, I shouldn't say that. There are people living like that currently, but um, uh, it also shows like how why they would cling to the lifestyle that they got to a taste of you know they're like we're not we're not going back yeah we're not going back to that no the notion of being an honest working person mm -hmm. is sort of laid mm -hmm. waste yeah that's true that's a good yeah that and and survival like how like you're you're, you're on the edge yeah this guy's just rich because he owns a bunch of land it just really seems unfair right yeah yeah and and the, and the movie sort of gets at that too where yeah they're like um Rich people got to figure it out. Yeah, they got to figure it out. They like we played games all day. We enough do nothing no more. <laughs> right. Yeah, and how it's, uh, yeah, where where she's like he was a nice guy. Like it's not he's not painted as, as being malicious or either malicious or particularly virtuous. It's like he's just he was a he was a nice enough guy. He'd, he'd help you out if you needed help. You know that yeah. kind of that that sort of thing. Um. So what else was I going to ask about the experience of um, seeing it the big, the big screen? 
Would, it, would, would you want to see more Malick movies on, on the big screen? Yeah, I th- and I haven't seen all of them. I think I would. Also, I was going to say, the Golden Globes were last night. The Golden Globes were last night. Did Terry win anything? I don't, I don't believe Terry won it. I don't think, I don't think uh, Hidden Life was nominated. No. Nor do I think, uh, I don't think it won anything. We'll see the, the, um, the, uh, the Oscar nominations, I guess, are coming out soon. Might be something. It, it, it seems to me like this is completely, completely sidelined and, 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 uh, and forgotten about. What's your money on for the Oscars? Uh, what 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 do I think is gonna what I think is gonna win? Yeah, best picture. Well, uh, nineteen seventeen won right like for best drama last night. Oh yeah, I, I didn't that, pay attention. I think at all. well, I, I I also did not didn't watch it, but I think nineteen seventy is, th- is showing like ten theaters. Like uh, this is the big Sam Mendes. Um, yeah. Which I have to imagine there's going to be more of it. It's showing here. I saw trailers for it. But... Yeah, yeah. Um, what else? What else is sort of in the 1917? Actually, very interesting because a very different take on on that's right the this year is after the same, this is the same time period. <laughs> very different location. Very different location. Um, although there is World War One stuff in in Days of Heaven, like guys are going off to the war, right? Like at the end of the at the end of the movie, there's the soldiers going off, yeah, going off to the war, and that poor girl who's just unlucky in love, who's like. Uh, who's the friend of Linda Mance or whatever? Yeah. She's like, she's like, I don't wait two hours for nobody. Like he said, he was. You said he was a soldier. Like the, she has like a boyfriend who's a soldier. And how uh, old are they anyway? Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, back to um, what do I think is going to? Um, I think Joker's going to get nominated. <laughs> Uh, God, what a flick! I know, and I think I, I didn't see it, but I think there's going to be lots of just as uh, tiresome as the the discussion. I think about like on both sides of 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 uh, Joker, it's just going to get revved back up again. Yeah, and you're going to be are you going to be in L.A. for the for the Oscars? You be there? Oh yeah, I guess I will. When are the Oscars? The end of February. I yeah, I will be there. Yeah. I guess I'll go. You go, just go. I'll report from the red carpet. <laughs> um, uh, the the aforementioned uncut gems. I don't know. Uh, there seems to be a lot of support. The people, see, as you said, people seem to like it. Um, seems good. What's what, what? What are the other? What are the other ones? Once upon a time in Hollywood. Like oh, once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Shot on thirty-five millimeter. Um, Jojo Rabbit? Did you see Jojo Rabbit? No. I didn't see Jojo Rabbit either. I want to. Yeah? Yeah. I'm interested to interested to, to see that. I'm getting asked a lot about it because I'm Jewish. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I, I'm like, I don't know. I oh, just people it. on the street? Is that... Um... Uh, yeah, they can tell. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's, it's one of those things where it doesn't come up that often, but people would be like, oh, I'm interested to hear your perspective. And I was mm-hmm. like, sure. I don't, I don't know. Jokes about Hitler are fine, I guess. Yeah, I, I think I don't. Think I haven't that, seen it. I don't think jokes about Hitler are shocking. No, and I I like Taika Waititi's work. Yeah, a great he's deal. great. Um, did you watch The Mandalorian? No, we're just talking about other things. Because he he directed an episode of The Mandalorian, which I also have not seen. Oh, know. did he? Yeah, um, he directed the the last episode of the, that Star Wars show. Oh, I did not watch the last episode. Actually, I watched a few. Mm-hmm. What What do you think of that? I don't know. I, it's it's hard to it's hard to understand. It's a, it's again, it's for boys. 
<laughs> there's a couple women from right. the episodes that I saw who seem rather unmotivated in what they're doing, either mm-hmm. falling in love or fighting. Were right. the two things. I couldn't <laughs> figure out why either of them were doing either of those things. Right. Um, Baby Yoda is adorable. Mm-hmm. Baby Yoda is extremely cute. Yeah. Um, it's a treat to see Werner Herzog. <laughs> interacting with a puppet <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean i just I d- didn't expect that in my lifetime mm-hmm. um but it is it, i found it a confusing show but it, this is sort of this is a genre that t- tends to confuse me the sci-fi space opera yeah i mean i like the first star wars is but i also i think having even after watching them couldn't really tell you what was going on right there's something that just like shuts down my brain and this had mm-hmm. more of that I, I think that maybe at this point we've we've hung too much on a on a sci-fi movie from 1977. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, think I, that, I don't know if we need nine movies and it, the TV shows. And I liked Rogue One in a way. I also liked Rogue One, even though there are definitely weird problems with it. Like you can't only turn put like build off switches on the top of a <laughs> tower and everything. <laughs> I feel like all these movies, and this is not just Star Wars movies, but all these movies end with somebody being like. We have to climb this ladder to s- turn the switch off I mean, before put, somebody puts a crystal in something else. Put that switch somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> it's, come on. It's, you guys knew that wasn't going to work. If right. we need to turn it off, that's where you, you knew. Yeah, that's good. That's a, that's a problem. That, that's just poor you, like ergonomics. That's so poor many use. people built it there. Right. They all watched this happen. <laughs> no. But, but it was a fun team to go on a space it was, mission. and it was it was self-contained kind of like it was not. You didn't have to. I'm, I I haven't seen this last Star Wars movie because I'm afraid I'm not. I'm going to spend the first hour not remembering what happened in any of these other movies. Yeah. And then and then by the time I get caught up, I'll be like, oh boy, there's still another hour and twenty minutes left of this. <laughs> yeah, and the Mandalorian, there was fun stuff, but like. I didn't know what was happening and people sort of talk. I didn't know what planet we were always on. I, maybe mm-hmm. I'm just stupid. No, I, I don't it's think. It's possible I think. that I just spaced out. I was like, is this Tatooine? Why did Luke say it was boring? Wait, what year is this? Right. That's that's another good question. I don't know. Here's my question to you. Yeah. Here's my question. Bring it back to Terrence Mountain. Yeah, that's what we're supposed to be talking about. So, um, Terry uh, is making a movie about Jesus next. That's that's what he's has what he he's, not done that before. That's what he's working on. I mean, they're all kind of about Jesus, yeah. <laughs> but this is one that is about about Christ, about about um, about Jesus. And are you um, asking me as a Jew? How as, I feel a Jew about as, as a Jewish person, how do you feel about that? Um, uh, cool. Our people need more screen time. <laughs> yeah, Adam I mean, Sandler being, being supportive. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a look. It's a it's a great time. Um, for our people, uh, um, but let's say let's say they're they're looking to go in a new direction in the Star Wars world. This last movie, uh, people don't seem to like it oh, all no? that much. Uh, there seem to be problems with the whatever it's called, Rise of Skywalker. Okay. They're like, we got we got we got to start fresh. We got to start fresh. What about Terrence Malick? What if we what if what if Kathleen Kennedy is in charge of Star Wars? Is like. Let's get another '70s Hollywood guy, new Hollywood guy. We're just going to give him whatever, whatever he wants. Terry, I'd, I'd guess make a Star Wars movie. I'd guess you'd get something close to Dune, because mm-hmm. that's like a sort of a Jesus story, right? In space, yeah, and uh, lots of vistas. I think yeah, you're probably right about that. That's sort of the 
the I, I assume that was the thinking at the time in the 80s. It was like, let's get this visionary director, see what he see what he's got. And I, I like Dune. I also <laughs> like Dune. Oops. Sorry, he's coughed. Um, I know it's not perfect, but I mean, it's just, it's for, for such a, something so strange and sort of singular, it doesn't come around that often, right? Yeah, uh, and there's creepy, magical children. And yeah. Like, it, it really feels like what it is, which is like a, a weird combination of David Lynch's um, <laughs> uh, mentality or, or, or um, interests with this very strange novel, which admittedly I never read. My dad was into it. But I, I also think that... I think a lot of dads were into it, You know, you get Terrence Malick into um, the Star Wars world, and we see a grassier planet. Yeah, some pretty grassy. Like, what if there's a planet that is all grass? Yeah, why? Honestly, um, I know I haven't seen all the movies, but why are all the planets not? Why is there a swampy one and a dry one? And that's that kind seems of, to be it. There yeah. was actually, I think it was in Rogue One, wasn't there? A, kind of a grassy planet. I, I feel like remember. right at the beginning, there was some wandering around oh, in grass. Maybe. But you know, he's interested. In, he's made movies about war before, like Thin Red Line. Um, even this one, the Hidden Life. Star these these are Star Wars we're talking about. He right. can really go all in yep. on looking at the weird flora and fauna of these planets. And it would be nice for them to get that kind of attention. Yeah. To be like, this is this has nothing to do with fucking jab of the hut or whatever. But uh, just endless scenes of different aliens yeah, sort of skittering around. Swimming around. And like maybe somebody is like, I want to get off this planet. And then they they just long to go somewhere else. And then they there's like voiceover about stuff. And look, if I was, it would be charge, beautiful. I'd would, be into I, it. I'd say, go for it. You're 76 years old or whatever. Terrence Malick, go for it. You who know, do you well, think owes him a check this time? Oh, who, do, who owes him a check? Well, I will say, um, the Burroughs brothers, the creators of Cheers. Yeah. Because the um, I forgot how much the intro. Like exactly. Cheers. The intro to Days of Heaven is 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 it's the same. Is cheers. Yeah. So Burroughs, I mean, they have they've got to be just one of them is dead for sure. Um, uh, did one kill the? Other? Um, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it. It's very bad. Oh, I'm sorry. I brought it up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but the the surviving one has to be very rich. I have to imagine. Yeah, he can cut. He can cut Terry a check. Is cut, Terry he, rich? That's a great question. I think he's doing okay for himself. Yeah. I think any of these guys are doing okay for themselves. Like, I don't think he's hurting for... But you never know. I don't think he lives very lavishly. This is from what I understand. Mm. He lives pretty simply. He doesn't make a lot of movies. But you never know what what kind of money people make. People think actors make money when they see them on TV. That's true. That's not true. You and I both know, like, you can be on... In Canada, you can be on five television series and... That's you've made five thousand dollars. Not even if no, you're doing one day on each. Yeah, you can make that can be five thousand dollars for your year. It's true. I um I, I used to work at a I used to work at a bar uh, here in Toronto and um uh, like a restaurant and uh, I was in a I was in like a Pizza Hut commercial and somebody came in and they're like, "What are you doing here?" Like how like 
you're in that Pizza Hut commercial. I'm like, I'm not set for life because I was in a Pizza and Hut. And also, commercials pay better than TV. People see you on a TV show and they're like, you got to be rolling in it. It's like, I shop for one day. Yeah, exactly. How do you that's, think they pay us for one that's day? It's a, a day's work. I think we're getting yeah. like 40 grand a day? No way. That being said, I think that um, sort of similar to recording artists, when, the, when you get a hit, like people who had a hit in like 19, like before Napster or whatever, you had, if you had a hit right. like 1994, you're just set for life. I know, okay, I know. I know. We were just talking about how people mischaracterize. Well, these people things. can call in and correct or tweet at you. I would love to know. I would. I would. I would love to know. Um, I think that that Malik has gotten um, over the years had uh, paid to like write screenplays and stuff like that that were never that were never produced. Um, I don't think he's like. You know, he's not hurting for. That's a good gig, writing that. screenplays that never get produced. Yeah, I, I would do it. Yeah, I would love to do that. I've done a lot of writing that wasn't produced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like a um, a pang where you're like, God, I wish this, I wish this got to see the light of day? Um, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's like, well, it's, I've I, I've done stuff where I've I've written something and it never got made, and I was like, <laughs> that was a relief. <laughs> Yeah. This is kind of the best of both worlds. Here. I don't know. You can, you can, yeah, you can make good work out of, I guess, anything, but. Yeah. But s- similarly that um, anyone can, it, you don't know what people's life is like. And I think that if people have a very expensive lifestyle, then anyone can go broke. You know. Yeah. Johnny Depp. About, Johnny trouble, Depp. Apparently. Exactly. I read, I read right. that article. Right. Yeah. So he's Johnny Depp. So I don't think Terrence Malick is spending $50,000 a month on wine, for example. <laughs> I don't I don't get that sense. I don't think he owns a castle. Do you know what I mean? Or much less three or four. Or right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I read an article about Nicholas Cage. Yeah. He's the who, other famous yeah, one. Who, um, he's buying bones and things. <laughs> right. Apparently he was buying houses that were close to places where sightings of the Holy Grail had been had been made. Yeah. He was reenacting the film. Any <laughs> national treasure? Yes. He was pretty undiscerning. It sounded like he was pretty undiscerning about these rumors, too. So he'd be like, I heard South Carolina, there was a sighting of the Holy Grail. So I bought a house in South Carolina. To like- Maybe this is an art project. I don't know. It's a bit hard to tell with him. Um, yeah. So, for example, you know, these guys get in trouble. I think Terry pays his taxes, and I think he gets, you know what? He did get in a little bit of trouble. There was Ooh. a little bit of trouble. Ooh, we're finally getting to some dirt. Some dirt, some Terry dirt um, around. Um, he got sued um, with um, the documentary um, uh, Voyage of Time that he was accused of. Um, he got funding for this. And uh, he was he was working on it for like twenty years, if not longer. And he got funding to finish it from from somebody, and they accused him of using that money to go and make um, like a song to song, like those the other movies, the 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 Christian Bale wandering, oh, right. um, um, Night of Cups, yeah, because uh, he made those two movies very close together, Night of Cups and Song to Song, in the period of time that. Um, Voyage of Time was supposed to be being worked on. I see. So there was a little, there was some, this is all alleged, this is all conjecture, yep. that there was a little bit of taking the money and, and running with that. But you know what? That movie came out, that got sorted out. Yeah, who doesn't do that from time to time? Yeah, you, you sort of, you got to, like, oh, do you want to give me this money? Pay the piper to rob the pie? Pay, pe- pay Peter to rob pipe, robbing Peter to pay Paul. Paul. 
that's me. Uh, <laughs> wow, what a great way to end. <laughs> but Terry owes you a check. He does owe me a check. It's Rob Terry that. to pay Paul. But um, yeah, that's. I think in the world of international um, movie financing, things get a little bit uh, things get a little bit dicey sometimes. Yeah. Um, so that movie, The Voyage of Time, did come out, but it notably came out in an uh, uh, an IMAX version that you could that like school children went to go see. There was a feature length version that was never like released. Never. Another version that was like so there was like three or four different versions of it. So I think they were trying to get as much money as they I think they're trying to get when they finally came out, they he had to produce something. He had to release something Malik that was like we need to be able to show this in um various aquariums and space uh, <laughs> science centers around around the world to get our to get our money back whoa yeah this needs to be it needs to have like educational uh, voiceover which it does with Brad Pitt um, we need to yeah this needs to be shown in front of school groups for to, to get our money back and it did so it's it exists so that's a success it's a success anyway Becky thank you so much thank you uh, I, hope, I, I hope you, do you have anything you'd like to, to plug? Um, keeping in mind that you're probably the main listener of the podcast. <laughs> I, um, then no, I'm going to the Yukon. You're going to the Yukon. You can check me out in, uh, performing with my friend Taz Van Rassel in Whitehorse, Dawson City and Haynes Junction in January. This is exciting. Yeah. Is it extremely dark in, uh, in the Yukon at that time? Yes. I was there last year. Yes. Is that part of the appeal? I like it. Mm-hmm. There's, um, yeah, it's weird. The light plays tricks. <laughs> it reflects off the air and stuff. It's very weird. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure Terry would. Um... Oh, Terry, you got to get up there. You got to, you got to like. The light. Imagine how long it's during the summertime, how long it's magic hour for. <laughs> yeah. Isn't well, it magic hour all day? It's also, magic hour is also long in the winter. Yeah. But it's just. But just They're closer little... together. <laughs> That's right. And yeah. and like I saw, I watched this uh, steam rise up off the Yukon River, and the river looked white, and the steam looked black. And I was like, I don't know what's happening right wow. now. This can't wow. be black steam. <laughs> but perception is just nine tenths of, of the law. The <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to be going to the complete opposite. You're going to be going to verdant, uh, sunny. Uh, well, I wouldn't say Paul. verdant. So, well, maybe on fire. Arid. Yeah, maybe burn. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Southern California. Yeah, yeah. but I, I don't have anything to plug there. Uh, I mean, I'll be at the Oscars. Right. You'll, you will be you will be the the um, uh, correspondent, the talking yeah. Terry correspondent, mm-hmm. um, talking to whichever camera operator <laughs> gets nominated. Yeah. <laughs> or steady cam operator. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Becky, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Yes.